Hey, Shoujo fans, and welcome to episode 46 of Shoujo Sunday. This week, Chika and I are going to review episodes 16 through 18 of Fruits Basket. Let's dig in. Happy Halloween, I guess. It's, it's around that time. Yes, happy Halloween and also happy 30th birthday to myself. So there's yes. that this week too. <laughs> happy birthday. Well, no, that was last week. Your birthday yeah, was no, last that's week. true. I just, uh, the whole end of October just becomes It's basically my Gianna time. Yeah, it's yeah. Gianna time. <laughs> the last like 10 days of October are just my birthday. <laughs> yeah. Celebrations aside, we do have some interesting episodes this week to get to. It's just Chica and I are going back to our roots for this Fruits Basket episode, but we will have more guests on very soon. Yeah. But with all of that said, let's jump into episode 16. She said, don't step on them. Here is our soft serve summary brought to us by Wikipedia and me attempting to edit it a little bit. Exasperated that Toru is still using her school swimsuit at the pool, Uotani and Hanajima decide to buy a new swimsuit for her. Yuki and Kyo are forced to come along, but their input is made moot when Hana declares that Toru's swimsuit should be pink. While out for lunch, Uo recalls how she first met Toru in middle school. Back when she was still in a violent street gang, her idol was the Crimson Butterfly, who had since become a mother and had a daughter who goes to the same school as Uo. However, she was shocked that the Butterfly's daughter turned out to be a plain, strange, spaced-out girl, and Kyoko, the Crimson Butterfly, became a doting parent. It is at their home that Toru first calls Arisa Uo-chan after Kyoko first suggested it. The love displayed between Toru and Kyoko leads Arisa to be reminded of the neglect from her single, alcoholic father, and she rejects them both. Seeing Toru and Kyoko's strong bond juxtaposed with her rough circumstances causes Arisa to break down as she realizes that she may become permanently stuck in her situation. In a post-credit scene, a group of female delinquents try to intimidate a passerby, but run away when the person is revealed to be Momiji, and he begins speaking German to them. And that is our soft serve summary for episode 16. Chica, do you have any theme ideas for this episode? Um, yeah, so... I'm trying to remember if this is a Kyoko quote. I feel like it is when um, she says that everyone's circumstances are different. I really like that. I can't remember if that was something Kyoko said, but I could imagine she would say that. So I I really like that. That's very true. Uh, What's your theme? So I have two themes. Um, The first is just a quote from Uotani, and it's that you can get used to a lot of things whether you want to or not. 
that just like hit me really deeply. I'm like, oh, yikes, that's true. I'm going to write that down. And my second theme, which I think is maybe more all-encompassing of the episode, is just that a little kindness goes a long way. And that's about the swimsuit and Kyoko's kindness reaching Uo, no matter how far she felt like she was falling or trying to resist that kindness. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any sprinkles on top? I don't don't think I'll have any for this podcast episode, guys. I'm sorry. That's okay. I actually have a couple this week, so. Yay! Okay. (laughs) So I just caught something, and this is only something you can really catch on a rewatch. It's some foreshadowing, which I will keep spoiler free. Um, Mm. Hannah mentions that she caused some minor problems at her previous school before she transferred to be with Uo and Toru. I don't remember if we learn about what that was this season, but... It's just very interesting to catch almost even her being like blase about it, talking mm. about it. Yeah, just just a little foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. No, I see it. Honestly, I feel like we might we might get to it if we have Uo's story. I think Hana's should be on the way eventually. I hope so, because I remember really, really enjoying her backstory episode. Yeah, me too. Um, But that is all my sprinkles on top. So let's get into Floats Your Boat. Would you like to kick it off? Yes. Okay. I feel like this is always going to be in my Floats Your Boat, but I love it when Hanajima scares the school bullies. (laughs) Yes, absolutely same. (laughs) Yeah, because she came out of the pool, like she had her hair kind of floating around her and it was giving like horror movie, which I guess goes with this theme of our episode. Right. Coming out. It was very like horror movie-ish and stuff. And then they start swimming away and like just being scared of her. I just love that about her. Like she yeah. just, the way she's able to just take on bullies like that, amazing. Right. The best part too is that she wasn't even trying. She was just genuinely looking for her hair tie and just happened to like come out of the water weird, like right where they were. <laughs> yeah. I love that so much. I guess a really basic floats your boat would be that I just love that Uo rounds up everybody to buy Toro a swimsuit. I think it's so sweet. I have mixed feelings about it. Oh, okay. I'm curious why. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it could break. Where did I even put this? Um, no, I put, yeah, I do have mixed feelings. I put it in ice cream, you scream. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, um, I think them being bothered by her having a middle school swimsuit, I didn't understand why, if it bothered Uo that much, why she didn't purchase it herself and stuff, hmm. rather than going to the Somas and telling them to go do it. Like, yes, they can go do it, but I think part of the reason why I disliked it is just that it kind of felt, you know, inappropriate to have the men that she's living with be the one to buy her this swimsuit because it's like you want to have a fine line of like okay these are my roommates like I'm cool with them and everything but you know it's still like it is what it is like she's a girl they're guys or whatever and then on top of it it felt like peer pressure when you see that initial scene and Uo's crying about it and then Toru feels sort of guilty for not having a regular swimsuit. Yeah. 
and was just like, oh, maybe I should go and buy it and stuff. And so it's just kind of like, okay, well, you guys know, like Uo knows what her financial situation is and that Toru is basically paying her way through school. And so when it comes to a swimsuit, that's that's not really a priority and stuff. But I mean, I get like, on the other hand, I know it's like they're teenagers. So this sort of comes with the territory of like seeing certain things as important when it's really not. Um, but yeah, that's why I have mixed feelings on it. Yeah, that's totally understandable. I think I did feel like weird about her like crying about it. I didn't write it down. But yeah. like th- the way that she was like so emotional about it. It's like I I get it. I think I was like so determined to view it from her seeing like oh wait, we're able to we're all able to have these swimsuits and afford them and kind of dress according to our style and not because of how we need to dress because it's what we can afford and yeah. I want Toru to have that too and I that I think that that's the way I was like that's the way you it yeah. From. yeah 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 and I mean I think it's like that's probably the way that the mangaka wanted us to see that it's just that I kind of thought of this other perspective of just like you know I think if you're that worried about like Toru and wanting her to be feel comfortable then you wouldn't make her feel guilty about her financial situation yeah especially when it comes to something like this and then on top of it it's like you can buy swimsuits secondhand that is true so it's like it doesn't have to be brand new new arrival whatever i'm sure that there are swimsuits that are on sale if they have some version of a thrift store or a goodwill she could probably get it from there um yeah it doesn't so have to be like skims or whatever that like Kardashian right? <laughs> line is. Right, right. Like the swim swimsuits don't have to be like thirty dollars a piece, you know? Like mm-hmm. you can you can you can she can buy it secondhand or even like the way that they are, they have secure families and stuff. It's very much possible for them to buy a new swimsuit for themselves and then just give Toru the swimsuit that they used to wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, like, I know that uh, Arisa is much taller, but, like, she might be able to, like, share with Saki, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting uh, conversation about swimsuits. <laughs> right. No, it's like it got really, it got a little deeper, but it's just like, that's that's kind of where my head was at when I was watching yeah, that episode. No, it, like... It's so interesting, though, because I, I didn't really think of it from that perspective. And it's it's just really interesting to think about it that way. Yeah. What is your next flits your boat? Um, I think it's like um, a fast forward to when the boys are at the swimsuit like shop with okay. Uo and Hana and Toru. And then um, Uo is asking them what color she should wear. And then Hana just decides, oh, Toru is pink. And so mm-hmm. then Uo tells the story about how Toru is pink because her mom was the crimson butterfly and then her dad was like this straightforward guy. So he was just like white. So that makes pink, which I was just like, oh, that's so adorable. But then also weird. <laughs> no, for sure. Like I, w- I was watching that. I'm like, I don't remember this description. And it's like it's kind of it's like I see what they're trying to do and make it like poetic or whatever but it's kind of weird <laughs> right because it's just like it would be one thing if Toru said it like yeah, oh yeah. yeah you know because my mom would say this or whatever but 
Uo reminiscing on something on a story that she didn't her didn't witness herself was like, okay, um, yeah, yeah. That almost like kind of like made me think of a banana split. Uh, I, that's not written down, but like just right now, like mm. I know that we're not in banana split. Sorry, I'm a little scatterbrained this week, guys. But um, if Toru is pink, right? If that's like the color that encompasses her, I'm curious why this isn't incorporated more into her character design. Because mm. when Yuki's over here arguing that blue should be her color, I'm like. I could see it because she's constantly wearing blue. And, like, that's what I would have picked for her, too. Yeah. Um, so that's just something I thought of right now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, and I think even saying pink is kind of too harsh. I think, not harsh, but it's like pink is too strong. I think they need to say light pink. Like, yeah, like <laughs> to be realistic. pink. Yeah. Yes, to, yeah, because Shoujo like, Sunday pink. <laughs> Shoujo Sunday pink because um, Crimson Butterfly being red and then Toru being pink, she is not closer in color to her mom. She's more closer in color to her dad. So if we're going by like, not obviously not skin color, guys, please. It's just, <laughs> yes, just <laughs> the metaphorical colors, the metaphor, metaphorical, blah, metaphorical colors, Roy yeah. G. Biv, like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. What's one of your likes? Um, mine was actually right before they okay. go to the swimsuit shop. It's. When Uotani is trying to round up Yuki and Kyo, and Kyo is just so flustered about the idea. I guess it happens in the shop, too. He's yeah. just so flustered at the mere idea of Toru in a swimsuit, and I can't take him, like, blushing and not being able to handle it. Right, right. I, th- I thought that was really cute, but then also just an indication, like a reminder that there are feelings there. He doesn't mm-hmm. feel like he could just look at her, you know. Yeah, she's not just like someone coexisting in a swimsuit. It's Toru in a swimsuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what have you got next? If you've got any more, I've just got like two more. I have um, three. Okay. Um, so I have that. I like that Toru, like in the soba shop when they're talking about their friendship to Yuki. Um, and Kyo, I guess, but I like how Toru demonstrates that you can have friends from all walks of life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like, just the fact, cause like you, and that's the thing. I think that Yuki, for whatever reason, is still judging her kind of like judging a book by its cover, you know, but you really can't in Toru's situation because like, her being friends with Uo, it's like, oh, she used to be in a gang. Well, yeah, her mom was in a gang and mm-hmm. she loves her mom. So, you know, and I think she's just a type of person rather than to judge somebody from how like their actions. She's more so judging them. Well, she doesn't really judge people, but it's like she sees them for who they are when they're with her versus who they represent to other people, which is really yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. It's also interesting thinking about Yuki judging someone based off of like a first glance when he himself is so complex Mm -hmm. compared to how he presents to people. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And honestly, I feel that people do that because sometimes I think people just don't want to give others the level of depth that they personally have. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's just easy to just see somebody at a glance and make a, some sort of judgment call that fits what their narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like once you get to know a person, then you're able to understand that there is so much more to them. There's different colors to them, lessons you can learn, like things like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it can be easy to put somebody into a box and then just categorize them in a Mm -hmm. certain way but I don't know it's just much nicer to get to know a whole person instead yeah yeah my next floats your boat is just that Kyoko is such a cute mom how like she's just so happy to catch up with Toru on the walk home and she's praising her cooking I just love getting to see a window into who Kyoko was as a person um I kind of put a couple things together in this just like it's just a kiyoko floats your boat mm. i loved her response to uo yelling at her which i guess could technically be a banana split because like uo was yelling at her but like i understand why she was yelling at her it wasn't like she was doing it to be mean she just there was just all this pent-up emotion mm-hmm. um her response is so calm she just says simply i just relaxed a bit it feels nice And it just feels like, it almost feels like a weight lifting off of your shoulders when you're watching it because of how calm Kyoko is. It's just exceptional. She was an exceptional woman. Yeah, I think it's really amazing that that was her overall response, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that Kyoko gives teenagers the space to feel all of the different emotions that they have because she understands that since she had been a teenager as well. Well, not at, at not at the time she met Uo, but like she's more in tune with their feelings. And so she's able to give them space to feel those feelings. So Uo kind of shooting off at the mouth you know, it didn't surprise her or it didn't take her by surprise and make her treat her in a negative way. Yeah. Yeah. What is um one of your remaining floats your boat? Yeah, mom, I have like that Uo explaining how she met Kyoko is honestly a lesson to the little like weirdo delinquents that are following her. <laughs> Absolutely. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just like, if they just kind of sat and listened, they kind of, they would get the wisdom that Uo got from Kyoko. They would then, they would get themselves from Uo. Yeah. Which eventually happens. But like, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, those little delinquent girls are definitely something. Yeah. The the post credit scene is actually my last floats your boat. Oh, same. Yeah, <laughs> so same. Good. Oh, they're they're just trying to get they're trying to pin down the right scary attitude to have to intimidate people. And then when they feel like they're ready, they're like, well, let's just let's scare the next random person walking down the street. And it's Momichi. <laughs> like, I completely forgot about this post credit scenes. How is right. this going to go? And he just talks back to them in German. And that's just scary enough for them to run away. <laughs> right. 
Like, but the thing is, on top of it, Momiji was still wearing, like, the girl's uniform top. So yes. it's like, it really could have went left because they could have seen Momiji as a girl. And so they would try to touch Momiji and then, ooh, cat's out of the bag. But I'm glad that Momiji was able to scare them with German. Yeah, yeah. Because if they went to, like, I don't know, like, grab him by, like this shirt or like pull him too close it really would have all been over yes yes that's what i was thinking too yeah hmm do you have any more floats your boat or do you want to move into banana split oh i think we can move into um banana split okay i just have one i have two okay do you want to go first yeah um let me just get my i'll just get mine out of the way it's like um one i said that i don't think that gangs have that much mindless violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think with that, it's like we get so much depth from Fruits Basket. And it's been a while since I've reread. So I don't know if there was more depth given to the gangs and stuff. But for them to just be as violent as they are and approaching people, it's like, okay, but why are you being this way like you know like do you have some sort of creed are there girls in another gang that are trying to get into your territory or something like it didn't really make that much sense to me yeah I agree I feel like it would have just taken maybe a little bit more thought to give it more of a motivation it all just seemed like they were angry and taking it out on everybody and everything around them yeah I just I didn't really I didn't really like it because it's just what do you what do you even do with that you know Mm -hmm. um yeah and then the last one that I have is about child support so since Uo's mom like left with another man I was just wondering like do they not have child support in Japan because if you're not going to be part of your kid's life, but you have a kid, you and Uo is with the dad 100% of the time, then money should be sent over. But then at the same time, if there is child support, is Uo's dad just like using it for alcohol? Mm, right. Gosh, I have no idea. No matter what, it's like a really sad situation. Yeah, because like for me, it's just like, okay you left for another you have a child so why would you just leave your child or like not make it make it a point even if you leave for and go into another relationship or get a divorce why wouldn't you visit your child still like that didn't Mm -hmm. make sense to me and I feel the way that it is it's like even though Uo's mom left at a young age I think that there is just a lack of, like, stability in Uo's life. It just makes me wonder what it was like for her when the mom was around. Because what was she doing to contribute to the chaos? Like, was she just not doing anything? Was she trying to help her kid? Like, that's just something that I didn't personally understand either. Yeah, it's hard to believe that there was any kind of love there if she could just up and leave that way. So there was probably also child neglect that she was dealing with. True, true. 
Yeah. Which is like, that gets into like hot fudge. I didn't write any hot fudge down, but if I were to have a hot fudge for this episode, it would have been her mother. Yeah, yeah, same. But that was my banana split. What's yours? My banana split is just a little nitpick, honestly, so it's not too deep. It's just that Kyo's cat ears come out when Hanajima tells him and Yuki that Toru's color is pink. So I'm like, does nobody notice Uotani standing right in front of him and they're talking to each other? I'm like, was this just like an art choice and they're they're not actually there in the scene? I So it's just like... I don't know. Like, but if a boy sprouted cat ears in front of me, I was ab- I'm absolutely asking him about it. Right. No, I think that was just like a thing for the viewers. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. But like you're right cuz it's like mm, it's supposed to be a secret. I think you should pin them down. Well, not pin them down, but you know <laughs> like don't have them like be popping up like that. Um, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any rocky road? Nope, I don't have Rocky Road or Hot Fudge. Okay, I do have Rocky Road and one Ice Cream You Scream. I just have one Ice Cream You Scream since I talked about like three of mine earlier. Okay, so Rocky Road's going to be quick. I didn't write anything. I didn't go into detail about a lot of stuff this week, guys. Please bear with me. But my Rocky Road number one is seeing Uo grab Toru by her shirt and tell her not to call her Uo-chan and that she wants nothing to do with her is just really sad to see in comparison to their friendship now. Yeah. So that just like hit me in a way when I was watching it. And I just kind of put as like an obligatory Rocky Road, Uo's delinquent past and her father's alcoholism. That's just a really sad situation that I'm glad is not still present in her life at this point in the anime. Yeah, same. Oh, also, I, I want to note this. I don't know where to put it, but I thought it was a nice touch the way that they directed this episode. And it just sort of starts off with like young Uo and she's sliding down the door and everything. Yeah. And then when we get to that point of the scene in the episode, you can see that she's trying to like get all of the noise from around her to stop hearing it and stuff because mm-hmm. of how emotional she is. I thought it was a great touch. I think that's amazing. I feel like that could be a sprinkle on top, but I forget what the literary or like film device is called when they do that because it's not foreshadowing. It might be some kind of like mm. irony or something. I don't know, but it, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too. Um, But let's get into Ice Cream You Scream. What is your Ice Cream You Scream? I said that stalking someone to beat them up is weird. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like, don't stalk me. If you find out where I am and you see me, try. I mean, if you're trying to fight, you, mu- you might as well make it on site. So just start fighting. Like, don't be following me around like that. That's that's weird, bro. Yeah, I highly agree. My ice cream you scream is, of course, Shigure getting too excited about mm. Toru getting a new swimsuit. Yeah, yeah. See, and they didn't even notice it, which I was just like, uh... Come on, like, ooh, and when I say they, I meant Uo and um, Hanajima. Right. Because, like, why is a grown man crying about a girl having a regular swimsuit and everything? Even the way that that whole shit went down. I was just like, you couldn't just tell them to give you money. <laughs> like, go give them, tell Shigure to give you money to buy Toru the, um, the swimsuit. 
but making it like this is a house discussion i thought that was kind of i i I said it was weird before i still think that it's weird and i think he just had too much of a response for it but he is a perv so yes and like the fact that I forget which one of the girls said that Toru was still wearing her middle school swimsuit. He spits out what he was drinking at the thought of that. And I shrivel up inside. Like, yeah. I disintegrate. Shigure needs to be stopped. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. But that's everything for episode 16. So... Let's get into episode 17. This is for Uo-chan. Here is our soft serve summary. Brought to us by Wikipedia and my slight attempt at editing. (laughs) Continuing from the previous episode, Toru saves Uo from getting beaten by her fellow gang members and takes her back to her house. Gradually embracing the loving environment that she has never had, Uo starts to spend more time with Toru and Kyoko. Others around them, however, constantly think that Uotani is bullying Toru due to their contrasting personalities. One night, however, Arisa decides to quit the gang and is saved from nearly being killed by Kyoko, who rescues her at a sympathetic gang member's request, aka Akimoto, from the gang. Mm. Kyoko then explains her theory of life, that there are feelings that you do not understand until you get hurt and make trouble, and so on. Marisa emotionally declares that she wants to become Toru's best friend. From that point on, Arisa and Toru become best friends, eventually reaching 8th grade and befriending Hanajima and hanging out happily before Kyoko's untimely death. Back to the present, a group of female delinquents attempt to threaten Arisa and pick a fight with her, but Arisa then teaches one of those delinquents that there are other ways to show off. As the sun sets, even though Kyoko died... Her words, feelings, and Toru herself have nourished Arisa to grow. The episode ends with Arisa happily cooking food and scolding her father for drinking more alcohol than he is permitted, contrasting their non-existent relationship prior to meeting Toru. In a post-credit scene, two of the female delinquents tried to imitate Arisa with a new appreciation of her, much to the third delinquent's discomfort. And that is our soft serve summary. Chica, do you have any theme ideas? Yeah, so I have three theme ideas. Oh, okay. I have two. Okay. Um, I have that um, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm, okay. And that's just, you know, Uo talking about her circumstances and Toru's circumstances or whatever. But it gets better. But that was just one of the first things I sort of thought of. Or maybe it's sort of um, that thought lingered from the last episode into this one. But yeah, so I had that. Mm -hmm. I think the rest of them are just quotes also probably from Kyoko. So um, there are feelings that you don't understand until you get hurt and make trouble. I have that as a theme too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a good line. Oh, yeah. she very prophetic that that lady. She, yes. Gosh, she's amazing. Yeah. Um and I have you need sunlight before you notice darkness. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I was also going with Kyoko quotes. One of them that I did have, I kind of had the you can't understand your feelings until you make trouble, get yourself hurt. And then I also had 
Sometimes we don't understand how we feel until we're at our worst and it all becomes clear. God, that is so profound. Yeah, yeah. And then I have another one. I think this might have been a thought that Uo had. I don't think it was a Kyoko quote. It's as long as you recognize them, your mistakes will nourish you and help you grow stronger. Actually, no, that's a Kyoko quote for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I might say that again just because it like it really resonates. As long as you recognize them, your mistakes will nourish you and help you grow stronger. Oh, gosh. A lot of feelings already. <laughs> so, so many, so many. So no sprinkles on top? Um, no, no, me not. neither. <laughs> Yay, we're twinning again. Yes, let's get into floats your boat. What have you got? Oh, yeah, see, <laughs> okay, I said that Tor was better than me because I wouldn't help anyone that yelled at my mom. <laughs> yeah, Toru is sometimes painfully nice. <laughs> yes, because it's like it's one thing for Kyoko to understand, like. She should understand she's an adult. But Toru, I think it just plays into her character, like, that she's just open to giving people chances or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's just like, if I saw something like that going down, I'm just like, you You yelled at me. I tried to help you. You yelled at me again. You know? Yeah. So I wonder... whatever goes on, it's not my business, but... Yeah. I wonder if Toru is able to see past the angry front that Uotani has and like maybe she can sense the yearning in her that that's what she really wants I don't know or or, you know what maybe Toru just sees her mom and probably oh probably and and so her giving her those chances is because she would uh, she would give her mom this those chances because her mom used to be like that oh okay Look at oh, that. Uh, feelings. <laughs> Shit. So feelings. God, that's absolutely got to be correct. That's got to be it. Speaking of Toru helping Uo, my first full your boat is actually part of that as well. I feel like just seeing the way that Toru can clumsily bump into Uo, but then instantly have cat-like reflexes to pull her away to safety when people are, like, hunting her down, goes to show that she's a lot smarter than she comes across. Yes, yes, because it's like, oh, there's danger. You know, Uo looked a little messed up as well. Like, she had some marks on her clothes and her face. Yeah. Just ready to go, like, book it. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of when she pushed Akito away from Yuki. Like yeah. It's just like a reflex for her. She just, I don't know. She, God, what is the, she wants to protect. Yeah. She and she does it without realizing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no. What have you got next? I really like the fact that Kyoko just ends up becoming like Uo's counselor mm-hmm. slash like mentor and stuff. And so it's just kind of slowly but surely Uo's able to break out of this gang mindset and just see life as what it could be rather than what life hasn't given to her. Yes. I love the way that Kyoko takes Uotani under her wing and basically adopts her as another daughter. It's just exactly what Arisa needed. Yes, yes. My next Fletcher boat is when 
The three delinquents who are stalking Uotani approach them at the table at the Soba restaurant. Uo has the grace to ignore them and not give them the satisfaction of a response, and I feel like her maturity speaks absolute volumes. She has grown so much. Yes, yes. And I love that, too. Oh, you know something else that I noticed? Um, with Kyoko, like when Kyoko was in the gang, she had long hair, right? So mm -hmm. when she broke out of it, she had short hair, which I just tend to notice that random side note about like moms like y'all love a bob. Y'all yeah. really do. <laughs> My mom literally <laughs> refers to it as like the mom haircut. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, y'all. Which she, she really... refuses to get, by the way. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, see, eye to eye. I mean, yeah. my haircut was not really a choice, but eye to eye. But yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Kyoko's mom, Kyoko's mom, Kyoko got the haircut because her hair was long when she was in the gang. Uo hair was short. So now that she's not, it's long. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so, that is interesting. I'm trying to like find the symbolism in there, but I can oh. see it for like Kyoko, where it's like she cut off the the hair that and it's life. like a fresh start. But like I don't know, it's like oh wait, here's a stretch. Here, this could be my sprinkle on top. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Otani doesn't cut her hair because going back to my theme. Our mistakes will nourish us and help us grow or the parts of us that are like our past, like the stuff that we're uncomfortable with will help us grow. So she's holding on to those things and like her hair, she's growing from them. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't oh care if it's gosh. a stretch. We're going with it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's our, our honorary sprinkle on top for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have that life what life is better when you have the right people around you and that's just in reference to uo's like change when she starts being friends with toru for real yeah oh i love seeing their friendship blossom yeah and like even when it got to the point where you know uo was wondering if she should separate herself from toru because she didn't want toru to be treated differently by other people but then Toru just being like, yeah, that's my friend, and I'm going to bake her a cupcake, or oh. I think it was a muffin. But still. Either way, so cute. I love yes. that so much. She just, like, brightens up. She's like, no, there, I didn't make too many. This one's for Uo-chan. And then Uo, who's outside and overhearing this, which, it, funny, it, it's absolutely for the plot that she happened to be there to hear it, but whatever. But her eyes just widen. Because she thought that Toru would be better off without her. And here she is thinking fondly and smiling when thinking of Uo. So, oh, I love it so much. Yeah, me too. Oh, here's a, a quick flutter boat. So we find out in this episode that the reason why Toru speaks so formally is because it is the way that her father used to speak. And she just kind of picked it up from him. And I am a person who tends to speak pretty formally sometimes. I'm like, I've like over the years been trying to like fix that. <laughs> but like, it's kind of nice for me to hear this and see this because I find comfort in it just being part of who she is. It's just like nice seeing a bit of myself in Toru again. Yeah. It just, that just, that's what, 
that is what makes Fruits Basket so like iconic and like, yes. classic. Being able to see yourself in the characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have yeah. any more floats your boat? Um I think um yeah, I have four, surprisingly. Oh, okay. Um, I just have two more. But we probably have some overlap. Yeah, so I think I could merge two of them at least. So I liked that Akimoto, like Uo's like older senpai in the gang, went to go get Kyoko for help when Uo was trying to leave and they were beating her ass. Yep, I have um, that too. That was really good on her part to do. Yeah, because I think I like the fact that she was understanding about it. Um, and then on top of it, I also like that um, while they were walking back to the apartment, then Uo was just like, I want to be a best friend that Toru can take pride in. Oh, um, I have that in Rocky Road, but I absolutely oh, agree. <laughs> right. No, you're right. You're right. It could go in Rocky Road for real because she was all crying and I was just like, oh, emotions mm -hmm. and stuff. But I really love that you want to be better and stuff. And mm -hmm. then I love also on top of that, how Kyoko was just like, yep. Just like, mm -hmm. yeah, or good. Basically like good and stuff because my daughter deserves the best. It's like, oh, yeah, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no seriously i think our floater boots just overlapped there i just had akimoto doing what she could because she couldn't stop what was going yeah. to happen but she could within her within her power she was able to go to kyoko and just that kyoko does go and save her from the gang beating her up and their conversation as they walked home was just so profound hit a lot of chords with me for sure it hit a lot of chords with me as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have um, Kyoko throwing them like a congratulations on entering high school party. Oh my gosh. With yeah. like the cake. I was just like, oh, that's so nice. It really is. I just can't get over how amazing of a woman Kyoko was. It just makes her absence so sad every time yeah. you get a peek into who she was and the light that she brought to so many people's lives yeah like i mean me personal me personally i don't really want to have kids but i really admire the parents that you know are very invested in their children's like development and their happiness and stuff and so particularly like I like seeing when parents make like a big deal out of like certain things, you know, like out of holidays. So it's like there's Christmas cheer, you know, or any other holidays. Like it doesn't have to be like a Christian holiday, you know, like making a big deal out of stuff like that um, and making sure that your child feels a part of it or like the different milestones that they have. I think it just overall makes growing up that much more happier and exciting when you're surrounded by adults that are invested in you like that mm -hmm. absolutely yeah i will say i did luck out and i did do have parents who um always 
liked to go all out for things, especially birthdays. Um, birthdays growing up were pretty stupid, like in, <laughs> in how big of a deal we all made for everybody. And we still try to do that, even though it's a little harder for us all to get together. Mm. But we, we still do what we can, you know, they were like, birthday banners that my mom would make for all of our birthdays and print them out and put pictures and like funny stuff all over them and we decorate the table with like birthday stuff there were like birthday hats and pins and like really really just it, it was ridiculous so you know I'm, I'm I feel very blessed that I got to have somewhat of a similar experience to to Toru with um, my parents yeah um oh that, that, I feel like it's a good segue into Rocky Road, honestly. <laughs> but uh, but if you have any uh, banana split, please go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, wait. I had one last float your boat. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. Um, it was from that, like, post credit scene when, oh. like, the bullies, because Uo, like, went and basically acted as if she was Kyoko for these new like bully people or whatever it was just like uh if you ever need somebody to scold you I'll do it and so they became such big fans of her that one of the girls made like a biker jacket and like embroidered Uo's name on it <laughs> like, saying Ooh, Arisa Uotani for life like what and then we're mimicking her and then the other girl came with a wig I was just like this is a lot but yeah. very cute yeah yeah absolute fangirl behavior yeah um banana split oh I just said this is just I think in a response to one of Uo's um one of the things Uo said is just like, just because something is different from what you're used to doesn't mean it's idiotic. Because that was back when she was saying that um, Kyoko being a doting parent was idiotic. Mm, mm -hmm. I also have that I I would have had uh, Hanajima take care of the bullies <laughs> to stop them. Oh. Um, I know it's supposed to be a full circle moment and that's why she had to go and tell them or be the Kyoko to these new bullies or whatever so that they would be inspired to no longer want to have a gang. Um, but yeah, I still would have had Hanajima take care of them because why are you following us for like... That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> um, I feel like it would take Hanajima one time and one real warning for them to never bother them again yes 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 um and then the last thing that i have that i put as a banana split and i think this is not i'm not going to make it a spoiler so i won't get into examples but i really feel that takaya sensei made uo just the mimic or younger version of kyoko Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways that like part of it is good, but then the parts that are bad are bad. And I'll sort of leave it at that. Yeah. Oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're going to leave. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, okay. Gosh. You know, I had that thought while I was watching the episode and then I forgot. And now I'm remembering again. Thank you, Chica. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I actually don't have any banana split, so are you good to move into Rocky Road? Yes. Okay. So, I really liked the moment, and also it made me emotional, when Uotani expresses to Toru that she's so uncomfortable 
in the Honda home because the warmth of that home is so foreign to her. She doesn't think that she or her situation can change. She'll always be an outcast. She thinks to herself that she's jealous and she's realizing that and she wishes it was her life too. And she also realizes that she's been lonely for a long time and possibly forever, which kind of calls back to her mom was probably neglecting her before she left. So Mm. all of that just made me feel a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that she was able to sort of find a mother in Kyoko. Absolutely. I feel like Kyoko... And Toru came into her life at a really pinnacle time, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any Rocky Road? Uh, I didn't write any, but I feel what you feel. <laughs> okay, I understand. <laughs> so, do you have any hot fudge? I do not. I do not either. Okay. Want to get into ice cream, you scream? Yeah. Okay. What is your ice cream, you scream? I only have one. Mine is, why would you teach somebody a lesson for wanting to go back to school? Yeah, Um, that is so strange. It's pretty much what I have, too. Just the fact that they're, like, beating her up for wanting to, quote-unquote, go straight. Like, let her go. Yeah, and I feel like the fact that we don't have more structure on what this gang is about and why they act the way that they do, it just goes back to, like, their violence being so mindless and uncoordinated like okay Mm -hmm. she wants to leave the gang but what does she mean to you that you're literally going to beat her up for leaving you know like if she's getting better or she's figuring herself out like why would you as an adult be jealous of a child like trying to make their lives better like it didn't make sense to me yeah no it doesn't make any sense to me either I, if there was, again, like you said, more structure and like we understood the politics of the gang or what their motivations are, if there's like mm-hmm. different gangs in the area, you know, that are at odds or whatever, like it would make a lot more sense as to why they feel this way about her leaving. But it's just like, oh, she wants to get her life together. She shouldn't. And it's like kind of hard to wrap my mind around that. Same, same. What's your ice cream, you scream? No, that's it. That's pretty much it. Just the fact that they, like, beat her up and, like, watching Uatani go through that after she was trying to stop herself from falling into that and she's just, like, being punished for it. And then all the other stuff we were just saying where it's like, I, but I don't understand why. So it's just, right. yeah. 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 Do you have any other ice cream, you scream? Nope, that was it. Okay. So... Let's get into episode 18. What's important is dot dot dot. And here is our soft serve summary brought to us by Wikipedia. I did not edit this one, so let's cross our fingers. <laughs> Godspeed, Gianna. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like I need to drink like a a potion from like an RPG to like help me read better, like level up my reading <laughs> as I'm about to do this. Or some scotch, right? Doesn't they do that in like the, they used to do that in the movies. Like they'll have like a thing of scotch in the library. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not familiar oh, with sorry. that. No, sorry. don't I think, be sorry. <laughs> I, I used to, um, I, I had a phase where I was super into Turner Classic movies. So oh, <laughs> I think that's, that's where it comes from. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Soft serve summary. Hasuharu brings over an exhausted Kisasoma, who is the tiger of the Zodiac, to Shigure's home. It's already bad. <laughs> he reveals how Kisa ran away from home after being constantly bullied at school and has since been unable to speak. After biting Haru, she runs off, prompting Toru to follow her. Kisa's situation also forcefully reminds Yuki of his own earlier suffering from Akito. Toru soon finds Kisa and meets her mother. With Yuki eavesdropping out of sight, Toru tells her own experiences of being bullied and being unable to tell anyone, but felt relief when Kyoko found out and comforted her. Kisa is moved by this and embraces Toru after transforming back into a young girl. To allow time for both the mother and daughter to heal, Kisa stays at Shigure's house for three days, never leaving Toru's side, but still mute. At school, Momiji believes that Kisa's bullying is due to her physical appearance as an effect of the Soma curse. That afternoon after school, Hatsuharu brings a note from Kisa's homeroom teacher stating that she needs to find the good in herself in order to recover and move on. Yuki disagrees, believing that one can recover only when someone else accepts them for who they are, referring to Toru's acceptance of him. Kisa finally speaks in agreement and resolves to better herself by returning to school. Yuki also resolves to move forward. Unwilling to consider the offer earlier, he now accepts becoming the next student council president. And that is our softer summary brought to us by Wikipedia. Chika, do you have any theme ideas for this one? Um, this is going to be so crazy. I actually oh don't. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. You think I would. Like, I think I just forgot when I was taking notes. It was kind of hard to pin down because it's like, Kisa's teacher was saying one thing, Yuki was saying another thing, and like, I don't know. So I just put, when someone truly accepts who we are, it's easier to see the good parts of ourselves. Mm, yeah, that's great. Oh, thank you. I do have sprinkle on top, though. Oh, good. So do I. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. It was a quote. It's just uh, from Yuki saying that we're humans, not animals. Ooh, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, my sprinkle on top is actually when Hatsuharu is at Shigure's house and they're sitting at the table and he's reading a manga. It's Mogeta, which is a movie <laughs> that they went to go see on Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the so Mogeta was, lore. Yeah, the Mogeta lore just like it's uh it's expanding. Yeah. Uh, but that's all my sprinkles on top. Let's get into Floats Your Boat. What have you got? Um, I just like the fact that Haru like went out to look for Kisa when she ran away from home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. He really he's just a very caring person. He cares so deeply about the people who are close to him. Yeah, yeah, and I love that. Like, and like just seeing him hold Kisa. Well, this is before she was bad, but like hold Kisa in his arms, like wrapped in his jacket. I was just mm -hmm. like, oh, that's so cute. And then she was bad, but still, <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I actually I don't have a lot of floats your boat for this episode. I was feeling a lot of emotions the entire mm. episode, but of course I have to like. We all know how I feel about Yuki, 
um and specifically eric vale it's really i think it's more eric vale's voice than like yuki the character but like i don't know anyway so uh, (laughs) when yuki unexpectedly plops his head onto toru's shoulder my heart for real skipped a beat (laughs) right because i was just like oh what is this physical escalation what and then i was just like well are you gonna i was like is he gonna change like so i was waiting for it right because it's like it's not an embrace per se because like her arms aren't around him in any way and like he's not like totally like like snuggled up into her he just like puts his head on her shoulder but who that like that got me it's like i know much later more context but like i'm allowing myself to have this moment (laughs) yes yes we're allowing it you know yeah for now (laughs) yeah but yeah, and it actually goes back to like our conversation with Ashley and the secret, the the, the secret, secret sexy. sexy episode <laughs> and stuff because it's just like you know maybe more things could have happened with Hattori and Kana. We don't know. Yeah, we'll never we know. Don't, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, some of your floats your boat. I don't really think one of them that I have in here counts as floats your boat. So I have three. Okay, um, I had three total, so I have two more. <laughs> okay. Um, so I said, um, you know, I like how Toru is able to understand why Kisa went silent and was able to explain it to Kisa's mom. Yes. Yeah, I really love how Toru also continues to be gentle with Kisa before, you know, they're on better terms and she mm-hmm. gets to talk to her mom. You know, like, just the way that she just continues to have an outpouring of kindness and empathy for her because of her own situation. Yeah. It's really nice to see because, you know, Kisa is still a child and while she is acting out, she still deserves kindness like that. Yes, yes. I, that's what I was thinking, too. I also and one of my other floats here, though, in connection with, with what you said is like Kisa is baby. She's mm-hmm. so baby, especially when yeah. she starts following Toru around and everything and holding onto her clothes. I was just like, oh, it reminds me of like when my um nie- when my nieces would be like really attached to me. And so they would just sort of follow me around like mm-hmm. when I would walk around like their house. It was so cute. Yeah, it's absolutely adorable. I wrote down that Kisa is like a clingy little sister to Toru. It's Mm. also just really nice to see her feeling safe with somebody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My last floats your boat is that dinner, the randomized dinner, ends up being eggs with chives. And Kyo says, I feel personally attacked right now. Right, right. So I think he, he also put, um, he also said, oh, you're getting comfortable here, aren't you? Oh. <laughs> like, like, I don't know uh, if they said that in the dub, but I love okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had it in um in the sub. They said he, he was just like, oh, you're feeling comfortable here, aren't you? <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was just started laughing. <laughs> and that's when she started freaking out. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any more floats here about? Um, sort of. I would say in conjunction to your point that the fact that the mom called and told her, um, told Toru like what Kisa likes to eat and the kind of foods she likes to eat. I was just like, oh, that's 
good and mm-hmm. the that's the least you can do type of way because i have absolutely about her in different section <laughs> but still. yeah yeah i agree yeah. but yeah and then I, my last floats your boat is just yuki finally consoling kisa because i feel like that's honestly i think that is part of the reason why haru brought kisa to shigure's house and that's why he even said it in the first place of you went silent too. And then Yuki, the way that they did this in the sub, I thought that Yuki's voice, which I guess leads into Banana Split, was just like, why did you change like that? Like, it sounded weird. But yeah. Oh, I I had like Yuki's comforting her in Rocky Road. Um, oh, okay. I, I might like elaborate on that when we get there. But okay. um, there, there was confusion about Yuki's voice in the sub now for me for me i wouldn't say for everybody it's like in the sub when haru brings up that yuki went silent all of a sudden his voice gets deeper but it sounds very uncharacteristic like it doesn't sound like the voice actor that normally does it oh and so it threw me off because it was just like no like shut up right but it's as if here I like here I am and this is how I normally talk. Shut up! Like like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's very drastically two different things. So I was just kind of looking at it like, what were you going through? Like I know because yeah. like I know that it's supposed to be like, oh, it's a sudden change and he's feeling overly emotional. It's just that I the way that they did the voice, I wouldn't have done it that way. But yeah. Yeah. How did they do it in the dub though? Did it sound weird? I don't remember it sounding weird. Okay, maybe it was just a, the Japanese version of it. It was just, it sounded weird to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually don't have any banana split. Oh, okay. Um. Oh, I, I have some. I have, okay. I guess, three. Um, so, um, Toru petting Kisa after Haru told her that her bites hurt. Um, is what she deserved, not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she kind of asked for it. Yeah, because it's just like, she doesn't, like, Kisa doesn't know Toru to, for her to start petting her mm-hmm. and stuff, because I kind of feel like you need to know them before you start doing stuff like that. Because uh, I would say the same thing, well, not the same thing. It makes sense if you think about it from, like, Momiji's perspective, because she was able to hug Momiji after they had this close heart to heart with one another mm-hmm. um, and like just cuddle Momiji as a bunny. But that's after they had an established relationship. So, yeah. So I was just like, oh, banana split because it's like not all the way I scream you scream because obviously Kisa and Toru do become close. But I was just like, mm, you don't have permission to do that. Um, mm hmm. Um, I also, oh, never mind. I did have the Yuki voice changing thing in Banana Split. So um, <laughs> the last thing that I have is um, why didn't the Zodiac children be homeschooled? That is an interesting point. Or like have have some kind of school on the inside for yeah. the Zodiac animal kids, the Zodiac spirit kids. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't really get I mean, I know it's good for them to be able to have established like relationships with people on the outside. But then at the same time, I feel like if there are people who have stronger cases um, 
are like unable to control their change or and stuff like that, then I feel that homeschooling should have been an option. And they have enough money as a family to do that. So Yeah, that's interesting. Like, especially thinking about how they can transform if they're really high in like really high stress situations or mm-hmm. they fall ill. So like if you suddenly come down with a fever at school and like all of a sudden there's a tiger at the desk, um, that's going to yeah. cause some issues for the family. Um, like, and I don't know, like at a school, like I'm just thinking about it in like similarly to the way like a virus spreads. So if like 30 people see this, this, this is guys deal with my brain right now. So if like 30 people are in this class and they see this tiger at the desk, right. And mm. Hathiri is expected to wipe the memories of all the kids and the teacher, but, like, what if the kid went home and told their parent about it first? Or, like, do you have to, like, wipe all the parents' memories, too? We don't know if all the parents... And what if the parent, like, called somebody and told them about it? So it's like, right. how do you how do you keep track of it? That would be so hard. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, and then with the girl Zodiac, what happens when you get on your period? That's a spectacular question. Cause that periods in general, they stress me out and I, I don't change them to shit. So right. like, yeah, I mean, I get pretty fatigued the first couple days. So like, yeah, is it fatigued enough to transform. I, I don't know. And then some, cause you know, that it could be really bad. I think just depending on like how people's cycles are, if they have PCOS, if they have endometriosis, that shit would just be stressed. I don't oh know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Oh, my cat has the zoomies. So like. <laughs> she heard us talking about animals. She was like, it's my us. time. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is my time to be a star. All right. She stopped running around for a second. Do you have any more banana split? Nope. That was the last one. Okay. So, do you have any Rocky Road? I have a couple. I have two. Okay. Um,. I will start with one that's very on the nose, just the fact that Ooh. bullying got so bad at school that Kisa stopped talking altogether. I think Yuki says something later in the episode to kind of shed light on how she was feeling mm. by s- saying something like, when all people do is laugh at you, you, like, stop talking or, like, you withdraw. I, I don't remember, like, what exactly it was he said, but, yeah, yeah. that was all very sad. Yeah, yeah, I had uh, psychological abuse to silence as a Rocky Road point as well, just for mm-hmm. Yuki and Kisa. Definitely. You know, that yeah. it was so hard on them that they just thought not speaking was the best way to control the situation, which is sad. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah. Um, um, The last uh, Rocky Road that I have is just Kisa calling Toru Big Sis mm-hmm. like when she's mm-hmm. coming from work and like Toru is so overcome they're just crying in the middle of the sidewalk yeah they like collapse in an embrace and they're sobbing her mm-hmm. reaction to hearing Kisa's voice was so sweet yeah um, I have two more Rocky Roads the okay. first one is I think the one that was in your floats your boat when Yuki opens up about also not being able to speak for a while when he was younger, mm. he's providing Kisa with comfort and also validating her feelings in this moment, which is what she needed. She needed somebody to validate her so bad. And this compels her to finally speak and like 
hearing her response to him and like her actually getting the courage to speak, knowing that like she wasn't alone made me feel a lot of things. Like I just started crying. (laughs) Right. I would cry. Like it it was, I think that's why it's just Haru just knows, like he knows. Yeah. He was just waiting for Yuki to just get there. And then he got there and Kisa, like that's exactly what Kisa needed to hear. Definitely. Definitely. My last rocky road, it was going to be a low-key rocky road and it was going to be floats your boat, but then I realized it made me feel more deeply than I expected it to as I was writing the note. So Yuki decides to be the student council president, finding his own courage after helping Kisa find hers. And I just have so much love for Yuki. Like all the jokes aside, I just really love him as a character. I love that he's trying, even though it's scary. And he's thinking to himself, my weakness inspires me to improve. Mm. And I just, I could cry right now. You know, I just, I have so much love for this character. And it's just really nice to see him making an effort, even though he's going out of his comfort zone, because it's so hard to do. It is. It is. And I think something else that I like about it is, you know, something, or at least... What I like about it is just him acknowledging the fact that he has weakness Mm -hmm. and that he wants to do better about it. Because sometimes when you tell that or you when you say that to other people, the automatic response is for them to just reject you or reject what you're saying and just be like, no, you're strong. And like they that person could be strong but that's not what they're feeling you know Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. kind of by saying something like that you're denying what it is that they're feeling and that how they're trying to transition from that because they're not in a space to see themselves as strong and if they can see if they want to classify themselves as weak but this is what i'm doing to get better i think that that should be encouraged yeah yeah absolutely oh lots of emotions um (laughs) so much so much do you have any hot fudge um oh oh yeah i got four okay oh i've got one actually (laughs) Uh, okay i feel like there were probably let's you should start first because i'm i'm sure it's like connected and then oh i am sure that you have this (laughs) so that teacher's note about self-love is extremely tone deaf, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Ooh. She's like, participate more in class and maybe you can be friends with your classmates. I think she should be moved to a different class because, like, there's no guarantee that things would be different in a new class. But maybe she could get a teacher who would actually mitigate bullying properly. Right. That's what I was thinking, too, because I was big fucking mad. First of all, why would you as a teacher give a letter to your student to their cousin? Why aren't you just speaking directly to her parent? Right. You know, that makes no sense whatsoever. It didn't make sense. Now, if Haru said, oh, I got this from Kisa's mom from the teacher, I would have been OK with it. But I'm not because he they gave it to Haru to give to Kisa. Then The contents of that note makes me feel as if a parent should have been the one reading that shit so that teacher could have been railed because not like in a in a hot hot type of way in the bed, but in a oh, you finna lose your fucking job because my child was being bullied to the point of silence and you're telling her 
oh, you need to, why don't you try harder at being friends with people? Are you mm. fucking dumb? Are right. you dumb? Like, how is it her fault? She is the victim and right. it's your class. And you're telling her to go back to the place where people are bullying her. What are you as a teacher doing to fix these type of issues? Because having this chaos in your classroom reflects on how you are as a teacher. If you can't fix certain situations like this, you're in the wrong profession. Yeah. And Kisa, it's it's like she's asking Kisa to come in and subject herself to more bullying she's like oh it doesn't matter that you get laughed at every time you open your mouth you should just love yourself anyway like that's not that's not helpful that helps nobody she's also like a child and she she needs to be shown an example of like how to handle these things and not just be told like how to feel i think like it's absolute nonsense that teacher should not have a job right like i wish that haru read the letter before he left the school so then black haru could come out and like Mm -hmm. really get her together because that was utterly ridiculous like utterly ridiculous Mm -hmm. what else do you have i had um one is about um well, let me just go opposite. I'll just go from bottom up because that's sort of how it's it started. Yeah. So the next thing that I have is the fact that Momiji said that the aunts in the Soma family knew why Kisa was being bullied. Mm. And that I, was like about her looks and shit. Yeah. And then it progressed to other things. So my thing is why do the Soma aunts know why another Soma is being bullied and then they don't tell her parents. Yeah, that makes no sense to me. Like, how do they know before the parent does? Right. And then if you know before the parent does, even if you're not close, y'all have the same last fucking name. I don't know why you at that point, it's like you would see it more of a us versus them. Right. Like. I don't know why that didn't kick in with them, but y'all gossiping about it? Like, that's some fucking bullshit, too, because mm, mm. that's just not, no, that's just not how I would not, I would raise literal hell. Like, yeah. literal hell. How dare you be related to me and not tell me what's going on if you know what's going on? Just fucking bullshit. And they knew, everybody knew that she went mute. So you gossiping? You're not trying to help. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. too busy gossiping to help. Yeah. So the next thing I have is, um, or like the next two, I'll just combine them. It's about Kisa's mom. Okay. Yeah. I probably have this in ice cream, you scream. Yeah. So I think the fact that Kisa's mom goes over, sees her at Shiguri's house. Here's my thing. I feel that children have feelings right absolutely yeah they are their own entities they're not an attachment of the parent so and kids just like adults have pride right why Mm -hmm. are you scolding your child in front of a virtual stranger yeah yes toru was able to help or whatever but still you are embarrassing your child 
by scolding her in front of somebody that both of you don't know. My thing is, even with that, right, the mom saw that Kisa was biting this girl. Why are you touching my child? Right. Who are you to touch my child? Because if she's biting you, you touched her, right? Why are you touching my child? I don't know you from Adam. You don't get Mm -hmm. to touch my fucking child. It's also the guilt trip for me because that that's what really sent me. When, yeah. Like the language like, that her mother is using is terrible. She's like, do you enjoy making things hard for me? I'm so tired. I can't take this anymore. And like me being the person I am, it's like I try to reach so deeply within me to like sympathize with her because I can imagine it's hard to feel helpless. But she could communicate her wanting to help a lot more kindly to her child. Right. Because my thing is, nobody told you to open your legs and get pregnant, bitch. (laughs) Nobody told you to go do that. You had this child because you wanted a child. So no matter how that child comes out, that's your kid. To then turn to them and be like, I'm so tired. You have postpartum depression. Well, you shouldn't have it because she's grown as shit. So if you have regular depression at this point, that's a conversation you have with your husband if you're married. Yeah. I need or, help. As as we always say, therapy. Yes. Get therapy. Yeah. You might you not figure... be able to tell them that your child is possessed by the zodiac spirit of the tiger, but like you could, <laughs> you could talk you could al- about it in other ways. You could allude. Right. You could allude to it, to a yeah. therapist, but to be taking out your emotions on, a ch- on your child and they're clearly in distress they were getting bullied. They were getting bullied and she went silent and you're talking about you're tired. What do you think that her child feels? Right. Oh, my gosh. Like, even just saying that all at once, like, Kisa's been bullied into literally not being able to speak. And her mother's like, you're making this hard on me. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck that. That is so crazy. Because this is the thing, right? Y'all be having, like, y'all people, and I say y'all as the procreators, y'all be having children willy-nilly. And some of (laughs) y'all aren't really prepared to have kids. All right? And then you have a rude awakening. And then you stop, You some of y'all, I'm not saying all of y'all, because you're not prepared to have kids, you don't realize how they're going to be emotionally dependent on you, financially dependent on you. Okay, they like if you're all right, they're all right. If you're not all right, children feel that, too. To put any of that on a child, just no. Mm -hmm. I think I need people that are having kids to think really long and hard. Right. Don't do it for this legacy bullshit, because at the end of the day, what is your personal legacy what are you doing in the world that makes it better it's not up to you having kids that oh you made it better so what so what they're their own person they aren't you think long and hard before you have kids because if you aren't able like and i'm not saying this to say that you know parents can't have their moments of course they can but where's the fucking apology we never got it from mm-hmm. the mom to Kisa. We never got yeah. it. And I thought that was bullshit. And then the next thing that I was connected to that with the mom. So Toru explains to you what Kisa is feeling about being bullied, about feeling ashamed of it, about since these people bullied her and she was being her nice regular self, she didn't want her own parents to start hating her. And then you get it and you start crying. 
why would you leave your child at this house? Or at least, why isn't there an added scene of Kisa when she was crying and then she was clearly sorry for hurting Toru and then it's just like, okay, Kisa, let's go home. Kisa doesn't want to go home. And then the mom's just like, okay, like you can stay here for a while. That We don't right. see that, right? We, yeah. we, don't, we don't have that scene. So it just looks as if, oh, I got overwhelmed. I'm leaving my kid with this relative. But are you close to Shigure? Like, why would you just leave? For, like, why would you leave? Why aren't you visiting her at least? She's still young. Like, that's the thing. I just, I don't get it. Like, I know that there are people that do do this. So it's not like I'm shitting on y'all. Where it's like, you know, um, the parents are going away somewhere. They can't bring a kid. Or um, for the summer, that they'll have a kid go and be with the grandparents or whatever. Because that's the time that they can do it or whatever. But this isn't that situation. This is a situation where your child was traumatized to the point of not speaking. And you are leaving her once again, with family, quote unquote family, and a virtual stranger that you don't like, what? And you're just like, oh, well, the least I could do is tell her the type of food. So she's like, bullshit, why aren't you making her food and bringing it? Right, yeah. And that would save Toru trouble too, because goodness gracious, that girl does so much. She does everything for these people. It's just like, I'm glad that Kisa was able to find comfort in being connected with Toru but at the same time I just really resent the fact that it's like there's just these terrible examples of parents and it's just like I don't I don't know for me the zodiac isn't enough for somebody to be a shitty parent it's just not no I agree but yes that's that's all I have for hot fudge okay so moving into ice cream you cream I just have one left and that is Shigure smirks and asks Yuki if he's ashamed for shutting down similarly to Kisa when he was younger. And I really hated that, honestly. I almost could have put that in hot fudge, but I was like, nah, I'll just keep it in ice cream, you scream. To oh, shame like to yeah. shame somebody for their response to trauma is absolutely abysmal. It makes me so mad. And then uh, I I think I had this in likes and then I just thought I should put it somewhere else. But I'm glad that Hatsuharu like just point blank tells Sugar it's like you like just rubbing salt in people's wounds. Yep. Yep. I'm you know, his snapbacks to Shigure always hit. I really yeah. like Hatsuharu. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz it's just entirely unnecessary. Like the way that Shigure did this it was like, I think that Yuki was eventually going to get to the point of talking to Kisa about how he went silent. And because that like him rubbing salt into the wound was unnecessary because I feel like the end result still would have happened. So it's like, why are you being a little shit about it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last. Oh, well, I think I could sort of have two. Um one, I had just that kids can be cruel, and this is for Kisa's bullies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I understand it because when you're younger, you do want to be just like other people. But it's not, 
like while her hair and eye color are different like why are y'all like that uh, to the procreators again why are y'all making shitty children for what how does it help us <laughs> like i just i don't get it like why why are you doing that y'all birth incels for what <laughs> you you birth the 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 debt collectors okay um Oof. The student debt people, fuck you, because I don't know why you were giving birth to them. You were birthing um, people that ask about, like, who pays on the first date. Why do you give birth to people <laughs> like that? Y'all should know. Why oh would you s- splitting on the first date? Man, fuck you. T- and then, um, um, the, whoever, the school, the school asks to stop. Oh my God. <laughs> whoever asks the person out on the date is the person who should pay for the date. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. That's, that's my logic. Yeah. Oh, let's split it. No, then we friends and um I can make friends with other people cuz even sometimes friends don't be doing it, but that's kind of right. besides the point. It's like I asked you to join me for dinner. Therefore, I am offering you dinner. Therefore, I will pay for dinner. Right, right. Yeah. Just, that's how I just, see it just crazy just y'all just stop giving birth to everybody every everyone (laughs) willy-nilly like really think about this shit because damn why am i miserable because you couldn't like keep it together well keep it together as in the well yeah well (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness yeah um the last ice cream you scream i have i think it's kind of more banana split it's just about it's actually about yuki oh Okay. Yeah. Coming so from my man's. When, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yuki, when Shigure pisses him him off and he walks off and sees the scene between Kisa's mom, Kisa, and Toru, and then Kisa changes. Like, why didn't you turn your ass around? Okay, so I was kind of wondering about that too. I'm like, okay. He's not like standing here and looking. Like not right. like, like that. He's not, not looking like in that, that sense. Yeah, no, cuz he's just I think he was more like he had a realization I think come over him about um that thing we learn. I think mm. he learned I think he kind of realized starts to realize that now, the thing that we can't talk about cuz we don't want to spoil anything. Right. Um, I think that that might have been one of his first instances where it's like oh, Togo has this warmth, right? Yeah. And I think he, I think he, I think in my own brain that that coming over him kind of stopped him in his tracks i don't know if he was necessarily even looking at them he might have even just been looking at toru but right yeah this is all i will also like probably defend yuki more than i should so there's that as well right no i mean i get it it's just that i thought it was weird that he was still looking and then because he was still looking they had that green the green not green the orange smoke still around her because like she should have been just plum naked because (laughs) it had been long enough for like the smoke to wear off yeah but yeah so i was just like uh Okay, I get you're realizing things, but maybe you could like turn back around or just be like, hmm, still contemplating right. what she said Conti- or whatever. Continue the realization on the walk back to the house. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's it. All right. Well, thank you all so much for tuning into episode 46 of Shoujo Sunday. Before we get into our outro, let's do our patron shout out. Yeah. 
So, for our Sprinkles patrons, we have Gloves, Akemi, Pete, and PJ. For our Whipped Cream patron, we have Mark M. And for our Hot Fudge patrons, we have Mackenzie, Aaron, AJ, and Mark D. Thank you all so much for being our patrons. Thank you. Also, guys, I mean, I feel like we've been, we have been hardcore promoing this, but in November, starting in November, so for guys, it's technically next week for y'all, but starting Mm -hmm. in November, we are going to be doing licorice live action. That's when Gianna and I are going to be reviewing shoujo live action uh, once a month. It's going to be the same format as shoujo Sunday, just a little bit lighter, like shoujo Sunday light, and Mm -hmm. it's going to be for our whipped cream patrons. So if you'd like to be part of this journey with us of watching Hana Yori Dango, the Japanese version, because that's my favorite. And it will be John's first time getting into it. If you want to yes. experience that, please become one of our patrons. Please join. We would appreciate it so, so much. Yes, that will be for our cream and our hot fudge patrons. So you will yes. all have access to it. I'm so excited to jump into it. I feel like I've seen gifts from that show yeah like going back like i don't know how long has it been out like a long time oh god a long like since 2004 or something like a long time yeah because i was about to say i think i saw gifts from it in like 2013 on like tumblr when i was on tumblr for like three whole months or something so like i i i'm very very curious to see that and it'll be my first like live action series i'm really jumping into yeah that's super exciting and we still have shown in sunday of course for our hot fudge patrons once a month we're going to be jumping into a brand new show in november which we will let you know what that is very soon if we yes. haven't announced it already on social media we probably won't till after this episode comes out mm-hmm. um but that's going to be cooking up if you want to start a brand new show live with us watch it live you can join our hot fudge tier But yeah, with all of that said, if you would like to keep up with us in other ways throughout the week, you can follow the podcast across all socials, and that includes Blue Sky and Threads at Shoujo Sunday. And if you would like to keep up with us individually, you can follow me. I'm Gianna Luna at Gianna underscore Luna underscore across all socials. I am trying to escape uh, Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. So if you're on Blue Sky, please follow me. I'm Gianna Luna. No underscores because they wouldn't let me. Uh, on Blue Sky. So that's Gianna with one N. And also my song Twilight Champagne's out if you want to listen to it. But yes. Chica, where can the people find you? (laughs) Yes, remember to definitely buy... You know what? Because this is the week after Gianna's birthday. So for a belated birthday present, please go and buy Twilight <laughs> Champagne. You oh, know, thank you. <laughs> it will be it, it will be so appreciated and stuff. Um, and we would we would love that. Um, yeah. So if y'all want to find me, you can find me on Blue Sky. I really like Blue Sky, guys. I feel like mm-hmm. I can be 100 percent like myself. I don't have to be on guard with what I say and stuff. So that's really nice. So you can find me on Blue Sky. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I don't really do TikToks as much, but I do repost 
So I repost other people's TikToks. So it's like if you want to know my state of mind or like something <laughs> I find funny, like definitely follow me on there to see like what I'm looking at. Um, and I am Chica Supreme. That's Chica with a K and not two C's. All right, guys. Well, we'll have some more Fruits Basket content coming for you very soon. We will see you then. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.